kind of continuing to search myself and looking for what's next, I thought, you know what, maybe I should check out this coaching thing. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Where Accountants Go, the Accounting Careers Podcast. I'm Mark Oldman, a CPA and your host for this show. Well, for today's episode, we have Susan Stutzel joining us from Iowa. I mentioned this later, but I think she may be our first guest from Iowa. I really need to go ahead and check on that. But in any case, if you enjoy a story of someone finding their true passion in their career, you will really enjoy Susan's story. We're going to talk about starting an audit, but then later moving into more of a specialty area, nonprofit audit and consulting, and now morphing some of that experience into a new business, that of being a coach for other professionals, mostly women in business. Susan still works in the nonprofit space doing consulting engagements, but now she also has balanced that out with a little more variety doing something else she enjoys, helping others succeed in their professional endeavors. She really has shaped her professional career into something that suits her very well. She's found happiness in her daily work, which is a great thing. You're really going to enjoy this story. If you do learn something from this episode, please let us know by either sharing it on whatever social media you use or by leaving us a review. Either one is very much appreciated. And I think I mentioned this on the last episode, but we have some books out there on Amazon as well. We have Hiring for Accounting, 49 Tips for Working with a Headhunter, and our most successful and popular book, 49 Tips for a Successful Accounting Career. You can find all of those on Amazon. And of course, there again, if you feel compelled to share out this podcast, we really do appreciate it. Well, with that, let's go ahead and get started with today's guest. Here's Susan Stutzel. Well, hello, Susan. Welcome to the show. Hi, Mark. Thanks for having me today. No problem. This will be fun. Well, for the audience, we have Susan Stutzel in Iowa joining us for the show today. And I'm not sure if we've ever had a guest from Iowa, actually. Possibly, I have to look quite a ways back. Definitely not many, and I'm glad we're correcting that. (laughs) (laughs) I asked Susan on the show because she was suggested by a former guest, and it looked like she'd have a great story for us. What I'm particularly interested in finding out more about is her two companies, It looks like she's sort of taking advantage of some economies of scale or at least some common contacts to bring even more value to her clients in the form of not just typical accounting services you think of, but also business coaching. Well, Susan, I really do want to know more about what you're doing now, but I think it's always good for our audience to understand where you came from and how you built up to this. So let's start at the beginning. What led you to decide to consider accounting as a possible career choice in the first place? Yeah, I love that question because I have kind of a funny story there. So I grew up in a home that graduating from high school was kind of a big deal. Not a lot of my even extended family went to college. And I was about 10 years old and a family member said to me, you should be a CPA. And I, 10 years old, looked at them with wide eyes and went, why? Well, because they make a lot of money and they're really good at math and you're really good at math. And I remember kind of laughing, going, well, it's true. I really do love math and 
we grew up fairly poor and I didn't want that life for myself forever. And so I thought, okay, I'll be a CPA. So in my 10-year-old mind, I knew two things. CPAs make a lot of money and they use, they're good at math. And so I continued kind of with that idea in my head from being a little girl and took my first accounting class in high school and I just really fell in love with it. It made sense to me, you know, a balance sheet should balance like that. It just felt so clear to me that it seemed silly at 10 to know that that was what I was going to do. But that confirmation after my high school class, I knew that was a direction I wanted to go and loved it all the way through college and till today. Okay. Wow. We've had a few guests that made the decision very early in life, but I'm sure it's the minority that made it as early as 10. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Kind of ridiculous, really, and especially for the reasons I was given, right? (laughs) I love that. I love When people say, I always knew I should be a CPA, that's truthful with you. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. That is amazing. So you went straight through college knowing accounting was the way to go. When I was looking online, it looked like you started an audit and at least for the most part, you had continued you know, along that path or had a few audit positions. How did that happen? Was that something you also just sort of knew early on or did you just happen into the first job as an auditor? How did that happen? Yeah, no, this one was not quite as black and white and clear to me. Before I graduated from college, I had the opportunity to do an internship, and I know students now have really opportunities for multiple internships, which I think is absolutely phenomenal. But in this internship, I had the opportunity really at two different firms, one of which would have been only tax-focused. The other firm would have had a combination of audit and tax. So I chose the firm where I could have that combination just because I didn't know for sure what direction I wanted to head. I mean, really taking classes in college, I felt like tax was easier to follow. It was more laid out. And auditing just kind of, it didn't really click with me yet. I wasn't sure why I had to memorize what the audit report said for the exam. And I just wasn't really grasping what that looked like. But it was really through that internship where I got exposed to both that auditing clicked for me. It was that client service and it was spending time with the client and asking questions and digging in deep that I really fell in love with it where tax was so rules-based and it really turned me off to the tax world. And so I was just so grateful for that opportunity to do both of those where I really found the audit world was where, where my passion lied. And then I was able to follow that track for many years. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, walk us through, I guess, the time period from there to when you started your own practice, because I'm sure there's some formative moments in there, some particularly good learning experiences and that kind of thing. So where did you go after that first job? Oh, yeah. Wow. Learning experiences, absolutely. (laughs) I think my first learning experience is what week one on the job when you realize there's so much we still don't know. So, yeah, I felt like I was always on a journey of learning, just wanting to know more, wanting to do more. And so had that first job at the accounting firm, and I really loved it, worked there for a few years. And then I had this opportunity with a client that I actually had worked with. They had an opening for their accountant 
And I thought, gosh, pretty building, corner office. I could be in charge of the accounting. It sounded like this really glamorous opportunity. And at the same time, I had a lot of my friends from the firm that were kind of moving also into industry positions saying, this is where it's at. I love it. It's kind of perfect world. So I jumped from the accounting firm into this small business where I kind of helped them clean up their accounting, really made some efficiencies, got great policies in place. And after about three or four months was bored. It was a little bit too cyclical. I already kind of had great efficiencies in place and then there was nowhere else for me to go. So that also was really a learning experience for me to go, okay, you just made this jump. Looks like a great thing. It's really not for me in in a long term. I need to be challenged. I need something more. But yet had that fear like, okay, if I'm here for less than a year, is this going to be a total resume killer? What does this do to my career? So did a lot of kind of soul searching, looked for what positions were available. And from there, I worked there for just about a year. And then I went to work for a large company. So I went from small family-owned business to Fortune 500 company, which was, again, amazing experience. Learned so much more about just how business works, SEC reporting. And it was at a time of Sarbanes-Oxley implementation. So documenting everything, working with internal auditors. And that was really an amazing experience, working with people that were just so brilliant in the accounting space, but also operationally. And that, while it was a really great company to work for, I found myself after a handful of years saying, it's just very cyclical. First week of the month, we do A, B, and C. Second week, we do this. Third week, we do this. And then it just keeps rotating. And again, I found myself in a place going, you know, this just isn't quite the right fit for me. An opportunity opened up at a CPA firm that was actually in my hometown, and they were looking for someone to head up their audit department. So while I'd been out of the audit space for about four years, I felt like that was kind of calling me home. So again, switched companies, kind of switched gears back to where I started and loved it, kind of got caught up on all my ANA CPE again, and was really driving the growth of the audit practice at this firm. And so kind of felt like I was home again, except for the fact that that firm just wasn't. Over time, I was presented with the opportunity to become partner, yet I didn't really want to be partner at this firm. It just wasn't a good culture fit for me. The the client base that they had was kind of different from where my passion lied. So I came to that moment that it was like, okay, well, you either kind of buy in and be all in where you're at, or you figure out where you fit. Again, at that point, I was working with a coach and through that coaching really opened up my eyes to there was more possible. I remember asking my coach at the time, will it just be like this somewhere else? If I move and go to a different firm, like I believe I'm supposed to still audit But if I go somewhere else, is it just going to be the same thing? Am I always going to have this feeling of disconnect? And I remember he said, it's not like this everywhere. And that really kind of gave me peace to think, okay, it's not like this everywhere. Where do I go from here? And I'd had people over the years say, gosh, you should start your own practice or why don't you this? And I was always just kind of turned it down and said, you know, no, that's not for me. I'm not smart enough. I'm not outgoing enough to get new clients. I'm not, I'm not, right? All the reasons we can't do things, I'd been telling myself. 
But really, once I had reached that point, I had developed enough confidence based on where I'd been and what I'd done. And again, through that coaching experience really opened up the possibility of what if, what if I stepped out and I could be the partner that made the choices that chose the clients I wanted to work with, the types of engagement that I wanted to work with. And that was when I decided to take the plunge. And I stepped out of that firm with zero clients and not knowing if it was really going to work. So I invested in in software and started reaching out to my network to let them know what I was doing and really just grew my client base very organically through network connections. And now it's a very successful practice where I've had to turn away clients because I've reached my capacity. So I really really attribute my journey, I guess, through this career to having great mentors along the way that encouraged me and challenged me and kind of stuck with me through things and really just understanding that it takes relying on a network of people. We don't get anywhere really by ourselves. It's it's through the help of others, whether it's supporting us or challenging us or, or just talking through some things to help us really find our way. So it's been a really exciting journey for me. I want to make sure I don't pass over this point before we go further, though, because that is a major decision for most people to quit their job and start their own business with no clients. How did you find the first clients? How did you find your first work so that you could continue doing those habits like eating, things like that? Yeah, right? (laughs) (laughs) Those are really important things, eating and... The utility... Yeah, it was scary. And most people that I talked to who started their own practices, you know, like they were doing a side hustle first. They were developing a client base. They were, but that's all tax related practices, right? Where you can add people and audit just kind of was a whole different world. And I knew that I couldn't do both at the same time. But I also knew that I only wanted to work with nonprofit organizations. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be one of those firm owners that was trying to kind of be all things to all people. Like I knew I wanted to focus narrowly, do well what I do, and don't do the other stuff. And so it was really through my network, and I got my first referral. And so I received the phone call that said, hey, former client, recommend that I call you. And then that was just the beginning. So I do really attribute that to my network. And yes, it was scary. But my husband also said, you know what, I believe in you and you can do this. And he was so certain. And he isn't always somebody who's really certain about things. But when he could look at me without hesitation and say, do it, that it was almost like he had the confidence, he made up for that confidence that I might have been lacking. And So I said, you know what, why not try it and jumped out. There you go. There you go. I won't get into the details on this, but my situation was similar. Actually, my wife believing that it was a good move at the time was the final straw to say, yeah, yeah, I'm going to take the risk and go out on my own. So yeah, I can certainly understand that. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. It sounds like you started in nonprofit audit then that was what the initial practice look like? Yes, definitely. I focused in nonprofit only. I did audit only and consulting. I didn't do any any tax work. I didn't do anything outside of that scope. And so when other things came in, I just referred them to, to other people in my network that could do the work better. Okay. So it's 
been over six years, right? Am I adding that up mm-hmm. right? Okay. So what's your practice look like now? Yeah. So my practice is a lot the same. I still focus only in nonprofit world. I'm working on, I do auditing reviews. I do comps once in a while. I have a delved into preparing 990s where that I kind of had always turned away even that service, even though it's not really a tax return. I think that was kind of what made me say no at the beginning was, no, I'm not doing any taxes. But one of my best mentors, which actually was a partner in the firm I very first started with, he and I stayed connected over the years. And he really was always mentoring me. And he said, you know, I still do a handful of 990s and I want to retire someday. So I want to train you and have you do that. So I've added that to my practice. But even today, I'm transitioning a little bit where I'm slowing down my CPA practice and really transitioning it more into the consulting side of things where I can work with boards and executives and nonprofits to do more strategic planning and high-level organization and getting away from some of the attestation work so that I can open up my time and my space to get into the coaching that you kind of alluded to at the beginning of our call. Okay. So is your coaching business strategic planning for nonprofits? Is that, or I guess, how do you define the coaching business exactly? Yeah. So really I have two businesses. So I have my CPA practice and really that's where I'm transitioning my work from a lot of auditing and review, that attestation work into more strategic planning and working with boards, providing training. My coaching practice really is completely separate. Mm. So through my journey of self-discovery over this career where I've done so many different things, I mentioned earlier that I was working with a coach before I had stepped out on my own. And that really got me curious about coaching. And I found that even during my consulting engagements or during my audit engagements, I would walk out at the end of the day. And like my favorite hour was when I was talking with a board member or the controller or the bookkeeper of the organization about what they really wanted to do, whether it was organizationally or just personally, what their goals were and how they were reaching those. And I would find that people would really open up and share things and really kind of go deep in a really short amount of time. And I was like, oh my gosh, that was so empowering and that was so energizing and I was so excited about that. And then I'd walk out and go, that didn't have anything to do with the audit, you know? (laughs) And so always just kind of continuing to search myself and looking for what's next, I thought, you know what, maybe I should check out this coaching thing. So again, talked to a coach a little bit, did some research. And so a couple of years ago, I started to get my coaching certification. And now I also have a coaching practice. I'm the founder of Estessel Coaching, where I coach professional women who are entrepreneurs or leaders in business. And I'm passionate about working with women because, of course, as a woman business owner, I know the struggles. I know how hard it is to balance. We need food on the table at home. I have kids to take care of when I'm not at work. And just all of the things that are so overwhelming about work and life and where that balance or rhythm lies. So that's where my coaching practice really specializes. And then I've also had the opportunity to work with Brian Cush and Sarah Elliott at Intend to Lead. 
And I will tell you that my first coach was Brian Cush. And so we met several years ago before I even started my coaching practice or before I started my CPA practice. And he was the coach that helped me through that. So he and I stayed a little bit connected over the years, but definitely reached out to him again in the last couple of years. And I was honored to step into their team this last year and love the work that they're doing. I'm passionate about CPAs because I am one and I think they're just like the most awesome people on the planet. And so that's also a part of what I do. (laughs) I was wondering if it was Brian. I started to ask you if it was Sarah, (laughs) actually, but then you said he at one point. I thought, okay, well, Sarah, obviously. And and then, then I started to think it was just coincidental. But yeah, yeah, Brian. We interviewed Brian for the show Oh, gosh, well over a year ago, maybe longer. Yeah. And, yeah, that was a great conversation. I, I learned a few things there. <laughs> there yeah, was he's fantastic. There was something about the way you said something earlier that I started saying mannerism. That's not right. But the way you said something earlier that even reminded me a little bit of Brian. The way <laughs> that's oh, a, funny. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. <laughs> so you said you try to focus on women leaders in business. Are you talking about nonprofits or are you talking about for-profit businesses? Either one. So when I coach women in business, they could be in a nonprofit, but they could also be in a for-profit business. And really a lot of the work, a lot of the women that I find really connecting with and finding that are looking for coaching tend to be the women entrepreneurs that are trying to have this amazing business, but also trying to be the super mom at home where everybody wants the perfect kids and perfect meal on the table at night and perfect family pictures and all of the things to be perfect. And then we go, wait a minute, something's got to give here. And so I do a lot of work in the space of priorities management and setting goals and set making those goals really reasonable and attainable and to stay driven, but yet not to let the career or the business or the life drive you to find that rhythm based on what we really want out of life and helping them to find that. Okay. Okay. What does coaching with you look like? Just I'm thinking, I know some coaching engagements are for a few months. Some are ongoing for years. (laughs) How do you operate that part of your practice? Yeah. So typically I set up three to six month term kind of based on what the client needs. I don't necessarily have like a five or six step process that they go through. I really tailor it to what do they need right now. And what I find is that based on kind of what they're looking for and the time that they're willing to commit, it typically is three to six months. Now, sometimes they kind of get to that point and go, yeah, I feel really good about where I'm at. That was great. I'm ready to run with it now. And other times, you know, they decide this is so great. Now here's where I want to go next. And it continues. And so I've had a little bit of both. I love when it continues into a long-term process where they just continue to make bigger goals and higher aspirations. And then they push toward that. And sometimes it's okay that they just kind of, they got where they wanted for that moment and let them run with that and just hear and available with when there's the next thing and try to just reach out and support them in ways that I can even after the coaching relationship. Okay. Are you trying to maintain both the CPA firm and the coaching business just based on your own efforts or do you have a team behind you that's 
still doing audit work and that kind of thing? Yeah, good question. No, I don't have a team. It is just me. So really my intent is to shift that CPA practice kind of out of the auditing and review world. I'm not continuing to maintain those standards and all the accounting changes, but to really, I still love nonprofit organizations and just the passion they bring to the world and just the mission that they're doing. And so I really still want to at least stay a little bit in that space where I'm supporting them either through board development, strategic planning, or just consulting. I do a lot of work with internal control consulting and kind of helping them get things set up, but really keeping that more project-based and shorter term where we're coaching both under my own practice and with intent to lead. That really is where I where I am focusing the majority of my time because that's what I'm passionate about most. Okay. Actually, you're turning your CPA practice into, we don't call it coaching, but that into something very similar, it sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> Consulting. Yeah, yeah, it really, it really is. Consulting does tend to be very coaching because it's a lot of questions. It's a lot of looking for really what the client's looking for and helping them to get there. So yeah, I think by having that shift, it does put it more in alignment than auditing and coaching. What effect has the COVID virus situation had on your coaching business? I'm assuming that's affecting at least the nature of the conversations you're having with your coaching clients. What's it been like the last few months? (laughs) Yeah, I continue to say I don't even know what 2020 is going to look like the rest of the year. This has been such a bizarre year. and, And this is a little bit off topic, but I don't know if you've heard, but Iowa recently, this last week, had an inland hurricane. It's called a derecho and it was 100 mile hour plus winds for over an hour. And so just absolute destruction in so many places. And so we've gone from this world of COVID then into riots all over the United States and now this horrendous storm that impacted most of Iowa really in a way that we never would have expected or even knew could possibly happen. And so all of this together, I think we're also just kind of speechless about what 2020 really means for all of us and what the future could possibly hold because there's been so many different things happen just this year. But to really more directly answer your question, it has had an impact in coaching. And I've seen my conversations really take a little bit of a step back where sometimes my clients just need some space to talk about where they're at right now emotionally and figure out what it's like either working from home for the first time when they never had to before or what it's like working from home with kids home at the same time and all of the different things we struggle with. So it really has been different. But yet I've also seen a lot of encouragement where some of the women I've been working with are saying, you know, I needed this time to really focus on my business or to focus on my career and where I was headed next. And COVID kind of provided that. It gave us all this opportunity to step back and go, wow, what am I working really hard toward? Or what is that end goal that I'm working toward? And am I still pushing toward the right thing? Or do I need to reevaluate? And it's been really interesting. And it's also 
been, I think, challenging, but also rewarding at the same time. Yes, I feel the same way. I'm experiencing the same thing. I don't want to downplay the horrific circumstances some people are in because I know it's Mm -hmm. been detrimental for so many. It has provided a lot of people the opportunity to reflect on whether the direction they were going was really the direction they wanted to go. Yeah. So, yeah, I I can see that as well. It's interesting. Yeah, I'm sure it's a lot of ways very rewarding to be a coach right now. And so, yeah, a lot of good things. So if your businesses go exactly the way you would like, and I know that's a big if, but over the next (laughs) few years, what does that look like? What's your vision for your own career efforts? Yeah, that's a good question because this year certainly hasn't panned out the way any of us thought. So (laughs) what does the rest of our future look like? But I love that too because I do love to think about what is life like in the future. And I would love to be in a place where I am speaking to groups where I can provide information that's valuable and they can walk away with important things that they learned or little nuggets that just will be life-changing. So I see myself really coaching on really a full-time basis, whatever full-time might look like in five or 10 years for me, but really always just impacting people in a positive way because I believe that we all have so much potential within us, but until somebody kind of helps push us or ask the right questions to dig it out of us, I think we often stop ourselves short of that because of fear or because of something that's holding us back. And so I really want to have a huge impact on people, whether it's CPAs or business owners or just people in leadership to see them reach that next potential. Sure, sure. Well, hey, thank you on behalf of the CPA community because we need some coaching. (laughs) We have a lot of things figured out, but not everything, not everything. Not everything, right. (laughs) Well, I end every podcast with the same three questions, and I want to be respectful of your time. But I'm curious about something just based on how your career started and where you are now. If you could go back in time and give your younger self, maybe even your accounting student self, one piece of advice, what do you think that might be? Oh, I know what that would be. I would tell myself to be brave. When I was younger, I was very shy. I was very introverted and didn't really find my voice until later. But the more that I've stepped out, the more that I've done things outside of my comfort zone, the more exciting that it is. And I'm glad every single time. And it doesn't always go perfectly or it doesn't always go the way I planned, but I'm never sorry that I stepped out and tried something. And so for people that know me, they know that I say about trying something like, why not? Why not try it? And that is not the person that I thought that I would be when I was very young. So I would love to go back and say, be brave. Try the thing that you're scared to do because you're probably going to be glad you did. That's good advice. That's good advice. And it sort of speaks to the cautiousness that is in us as accountants. So <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's good advice for sure. <laughs> Well, I do end every show with the same three questions. I think it gives us a lot of consistency across the shows, and I get some good feedback on this. So first one is usually the easiest. From a career perspective, what's been your proudest moment? 
Oh, wow. Proudest moment. I would say my proudest moment was when I got my first referral, like the Mm. first phone call that I received, which actually was the first phone call I received after starting my practice. It was a referral from somebody because it was like that moment that, hey, somebody thought you were good enough to talk about you and recommend you to somebody else. And so I was like, okay, maybe I can do this. So yeah, that was probably my proudest moment. I was super excited about that. Yeah, the first yes you get in your own business is (laughs) special. Yeah, (laughs) right. (laughs) Well, tell us about a lesson that you've learned the hard way. And the more you can tell us about the situation, the better, because that's how everybody learns from these stories. Yeah, so I learned that being honest and open is the best policy. And I know that sounds really cliche. So I'll give you the background on that. So early in my career, I was working for that first CPA firm. And even at that time, I was working mostly in the nonprofit arena. So my busy season wasn't really tech season like everybody else's. I was really busy in the summer months. But I was one of very few on the whole audit team that was really busy in the summer. So as part of the firm's initiative for the summer was to have the audit team kind of do some additional learning and digging in. And so the the audit partner, or actually who's the A&A partner for the firm, he decided he would put together kind of some like homework projects. So kind of gave us some scenarios based on new accounting pronouncements that were coming out to kind of see where we were at with the understanding, kind of teach us how to research and the like. So, I mean, it was a great idea, a great initiative. I loved it. However, it was during my busy season where I was already pretty stressed with the workload that I had to do. Plus it's summer, so you don't want to be working tons of hours. You know, you want some free time. So instead of going to him and saying, gosh, I'm really busy right now. I don't have time to focus on this. I just kind of did it not very well. And I was not very proud of that, but it was kind of like, I was at that point like, okay, something's got to give. So I'm going to focus on my client work and this, you know, this homework, it's not really graded anyway, right? (laughs) So I turn it in like everyone else and he looked them over and then gave it all back to us. Well, mine comes back and it has all these like red marks on it. And that was bad. So he called me into his office and said, hey, I want to talk about this. This wasn't, basically, this wasn't what I was expecting from you. So right away, I knew he was disappointed. And I never liked to disappoint because I was, of course, always trying to be great and impress. And, you know, it was really hard to see him do that. And I remember just starting to cry right there in his office. And I am not a crier. So I was really embarrassed about that, but it was just like, I didn't know what else to do. And now I had disappointed him and he was my trusted mentor. But in that moment, like his whole demeanor changed and he was like, wow, why didn't you just tell me? And I was, that was really the learning moment was to say, I should have been honest. I should have said, I don't feel like I have the capacity for this right now. And instead I just did it not well. And so it really was a learning moment that number one, just be honest ahead of time. But also I learned that it was okay to be vulnerable as a CPA and sit in the partner's office and cry a little. (laughs) And I mean, it was kind of horrible. It felt horrible, but yet it was like, oh, it was okay because 
he's human too. And he understands too, but it just kind of, it took learning that the hard way and going about it the hard way to learn it. But honestly, then we were closer than ever because I thought, you know what? I cried in front of you. Now I can tell you anything. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. Sometimes we have to butt up against our limits a few times to to find out where they are. So yeah. Oh my gosh. My gosh. The crying thing never works for me. I've tried it. (laughs) Darn it. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) No, no, thank you for sharing that. I mean, I hate to use a stereotype, but I think if you put all of us accountants into a bucket of overcommitting or not, most of us end up in that overcommitting bucket, at least in our career. So, sure. Sure. Yeah, we definitely want to please. We definitely want to serve. We want to do it all right, perfect all the time. And we can't always. And that's okay. I think that was the day I learned that it was okay to be a CPA and a human at the same time. There you go. Well, (laughs) last question, and then we'll go ahead and close it down. What's the best piece of advice that you have ever received? Best piece of advice I ever received was every time you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. Mm. And I've heard it a billion times since then, but for whatever reason, there was one moment in my career when I heard it and it was like, it was at a conference and I was in the room with, I don't know, hundreds of people. And I felt like the speaker was talking directly to me. I was a new mom. So I had toddlers at home. I was still trying to kill it in the CPA world and just trying to be all the things all the time. And it was getting really hard and I was stretched really thin. And you just think, no, I can add one more thing. Yes, I can add a baby and still have a perfectly clean home every weekend and still have beautiful meals on the table and all these things. And it was getting so hard. And I heard that and it was like, wow. I'm saying no to something else. I'm not choosing it. And so whether it's saying no to sleep, because you can't sleep as much as you want if you're doing all the things all the time. And so, yeah, like I said, I've heard it so many times since, but that moment when I heard it first was so life-changing for me that I knew, like, I have to know what my priorities are. And sometimes they change. But if I know where I'm headed, then I know what I can say no to so that it makes sense and I'm saying no to the right things so that I can say yes to what I really want to say yes to. Beautiful. You know, you've given us some great professional and business advice, but really just some good life advice as well. Yeah. Thank you. This has been a really good interview. Really good interview. Thanks. I love it when we find someone that's really passionate about what they're doing. It it sounds like you have come pretty close. If not, you've arrived at at having the right mix. That really is wonderful. Yeah, I really do love this life that I live. And it's come with some hard-earned lessons, but a lot of joy along the way. I love what I do. And I think that everybody should be able to end every day saying, I love what I do and I can't wait to do it again tomorrow. So true. Well, thank you again for sharing your time with us. I really appreciate it, Susan. Thanks for having me. Well, that was my interview with Susan Stutzel. And I know I mentioned this in the intro, but it's just really 
refreshing and exhilarating to talk to someone that has found their passion and their professional career and they're living that out. You can tell Susan really enjoys what she does. And honestly, I enjoyed the conversation as well because I enjoy doing a little coaching on occasion. So this really was a fun interview to do. I hope you found something in it for yourself as well. If there's anything I can do for you, as always, please feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm very findable. Just search for Mark Goldman. And with that, we'll go ahead and close down today's show. This is Where Accountants Go, the Accounting Careers Podcast. I'm your host for the show, Mark Goldman, and we'll see you all next week. There's more to come.